It's Thursday, the 19th of December, and this is the Monocle Minute. Today, as the impeachment of Donald Trump looms, polls show more and more voters tuning in to the ongoing process. Is that good news for the Democrats? We'll ask Barack Obama's former Deputy Homeland Security Advisor, Amy Pope. The Constitution has put forward a way when there are no other options to hold a president accountable for his high crimes or misdemeanors. But that said, it's also a very political process, and so it does doesn't function the same way that you would see a trial, for example, in a criminal court. Plus, Cats finally arrives in theatres. And yes, it is just as bizarre as you might have guessed. And is good politics always boring? Chiara Ramella explains why chaos often sells come election day. I'm Ben Ryland in London. The Monocle Minute starts now. President Trump has abused the powers of the presidency in a manner offensive to and subversive of the Constitution in that the House of Representatives has engaged in an... Donald Trump's journey to impeachment became just a little more treacherous after yesterday's vote in the House of Representatives. Amy Pope is an associate fellow at the U.S. and America's program at Chatham House and served as deputy Homeland Security Advisor to President Barack Obama. It is a big moment. The Constitution has put forward a way when there are no other options to hold a president accountable for his high crimes or misdemeanors. But that said, it's also a very political process, and so it doesn't function the same way that you would see a trial, for example, in a criminal court. I think for American voters, you really have to divide them into different categories. So for his base, for example, they see that he's being impeached just because he was elected, that the Democrats never liked him. They're always looking for a basis to impeach him. And it doesn't really matter here what the substance is. And then there will be those um, who have, who are inside the Beltway in, in Washington D.C. understand the substance. Have been following the hearings. Have been following the witness testimony. They'll understand that this is primarily about the president seeking foreign interference in an American election, and then trying to shut down that inquiry. And then for the probably significant majority of Americans living anywhere but in Washington or New York, perhaps on the West Coast. I'm not sure how much of this they really understand or have paid attention to. They'll understand that this is about the president seeking unlawful interference, perhaps, in an election. But if they really appreciate the details of it, I would be surprised. The question of whether it was politically smart, I think, is most likely this was not done for political advantage. And there are a couple of reasons why I say that. First is that the Mueller report would have given the first obvious moment to formalize an impeachment proceeding. Speaker Pelosi, who's the Speaker of the House of Representatives, declined to move forward at that point. I think she and others were deciding this is not what the American people want us to do. They want us to legislate. So let's not jump on this. Everyone's a bit scarred from what happened in 1994 when the House impeached President Clinton. In that case, as you know, he was impeached for lying about having sex with an intern in a civil deposition. And the House Republicans lost a significant number of seats in the following election. And so everybody is worried about how this is going to play out politically. 
I think what happened here is that once that transcript was released, once it was clear that the president was soliciting the engagement of a foreign government, then a number of moderate Democrats changed their position and really pushed the speaker into moving forward. So this wasn't really done with a political strategy in mind. It was done because the concerns were so significant. When the trailer for the new musical Cats arrived in cinemas some months ago, the reaction among moviegoers was swift and vocal. But if you thought humanoid felines singing and dancing and in one case wearing fur coats was bizarre, well, just wait until you've seen the film. Monocle senior editor Robert Bound is here. Rob, you and I were at the first press screening here in London last night. It was one of those rare instances where the trailer is actually quite an accurate indication of what to expect. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I and ex- I'm sorry for jumping into your arms like a like a, like a scared <laughs> child during the screening, Ben. Thanks for rescuing me from some of the very strange, very strange moments um, in this film. Um, I'm glad though that it did cure me of something that I thought might happen during the trailer, which is I might start to fancy the female cats. <laughs> no, the macabre visuals, I think, were quite <laughs> enough to repel me all the way through. Uh, aside from the absolute bizarreness of everything that we saw, I was really quite struck at just how incredibly difficult it was to follow because it is song after song after song after yeah, song. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? it? Yeah, there was some kind of perplexing moments where it just seems like a little bit, um, our colleague Holly Fisher said to us um, this week, it seemed like a kind of strange feline edition of The X Factor where essentially <laughs> every character has to introduce themselves in a song. I'm like this, this is my skill, this is my talent, this is my sad and harrowing backstory, etc, etc. So everybody simply sort of, for, for the first half of the film, sort of introduced who they were um, and then there was a moment of mild peril courtesy of Cavity, Mr McCavity, played by Idris Elba quite spooky we should mention the cast Ben there's some amazing people it in is it an amazing from cameos to, to major roles that's right uh, Judy Dench Taylor Swift is in there for all of five minutes uh, <laughs> I have to ask that I mean look this is a multi-million dollar intended to be blockbuster yeah. film isn't it uh, this is coming off the back of a very successful stage production that's been around with us for for several decades there's no getting around the fact that this is quite a misfire it's it's baffling to say the least I am. I know we, we've got slightly differing views on the quality of the film. See, I think I can see this being, and not in a kind of showgirls so bad it's good way. I can see this being actually popular. I can see this being a popular Christmas entertainment. It's coming out. I booked tickets the other day for Star Wars. My local cinema in Greenwich is, has got almost as many screenings for Cats, and and of course it might not fill those screenings. But I think this this film is stronger than the mere focus groups and algorithms will allow, or critical taste. God damn it. Um, <laughs> I feel that this is a film that it will have a will have a sort of strange will have a strange afterlife. This is not a this is not an Avatar. This is not an Avengers. But I think this film I can see this film having a strange afterlife. Some of the songs are very good and very hummable. It's strange enough to be beguiling to ch- children and adults, not just of the stripe that I mentioned about myself. Uh, <laughs> not just dads going, "I'll take you along, daughter." Utter utter bafflement. Well, yeah. perhaps there is life in that hot air balloon with Jennifer Hudson for. Cats, after all. Uh, Robert Bound, thank you.
to Canada now, where one province is looking for ways to fix a dwindling skills shortage. The Canadian province of Ontario has made a request to the federal government to fill what it describes as a shortage of skilled labour. Vic Fidelli, Ontario's Provincial Economic Development Minister, says Ontario needs to double the number of skilled immigrants it invites in, amounting to an additional 13,300 workers over the next two years, to boost the largest provincial economy in Canada. Those numbers may seem small. 14.6 million people live in Ontario, but it's a notable plea. Ontario's government has ruled on a right-wing populist platform since it was elected to office some 18 months ago. That hasn't included the kind of explicitly anti-immigrant sentiment populist leaders have used elsewhere. But its policies in Ontario have been inward-looking. By noting the importance of skilled migration to an economy, Ontario's government is acknowledging something that other peddlers of populist politics in Canada and elsewhere find it difficult to swallow. Welcoming people in from elsewhere can be a boon for, and not a drain on, the economy at large. And finally today, Italy's Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte may have made a name for himself as a steady presence at the top of the nation's often chaotic politics. But as Chiara Ramella explains, quiet competence doesn't always work come election day. How do you like your politicians? Do you want them loud, charismatic, bold and memorable? Or do you prefer them just to get the job done in the background? A recent poll in Italy shows that Italian Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte, while often criticised for being in the shadow of the more boisterous far-right Lega leader Matteo Salvini, is the most popular political leader in the country. His approval rating is currently at 49%, 13 percentage points above that of Salvini. Conte, clearly pleased with the results, says the rating demonstrates that acting like crazy is not useful. A fatigue with the almost incessant political chaos is probably the main reason for Italians getting behind a relatively vanilla Conte. But whether that approval will translate to future electoral success is another matter. The much-discussed technocratic government of Mario Monti also at times enjoyed higher approval ratings than any other political party. When it comes to elections, Italians and many voters beyond the Belpaese's borders too, tend to forget what stability feels like. For politicians on the campaign trail, acting like crazy really isn't that much of a crazy option. My thanks to Chiara Ramella. That's all in today's programme. You can read and subscribe to our daily email bulletin at our website, monocle.com. I'm Ben Ryland. The Monocle Minute returns on Friday. Thank you.